This sign was found in front of an organization. Let me read this for you. It says, simply says this. Do you need something to do? Why don't you consider volunteering for us? So if you don't have anything to do or you need something to do or if you're bored and have some extra time, why don't you come help us out and volunteer for our organization? As we think about um, the idea of serving or volunteering our time, a thought comes to my mind. I, ha I have this question. I is that the call that Jesus is making on our lives? Is that the call that Jesus is making? Is Jesus saying, hey, if you have some time available or, or, or you're kind of bored and you need something to do during the week, um, maybe you could slip me in somewhere and, and, and volunteer your time and, and serve somewhere to help somebody? Is that the call that Jesus is making? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Jesus is not saying, do you have some extra time? Can you slip me in? I don't know anybody who has extra time. I don't know too many people who are bored and are looking for something to do. You are busy. Your schedules are, are full. Those of you who are serving in and through our church's ministries here at MCN are not doing so because you're bored and you have all this extra time and you need something to do to fill your schedule. But, but that raises the question, why do you serve God and his church? Why, why are you serving? Why do you serve? We're, we're gonna take a look at John 15 this morning, verses one through eight. I'm gonna read this for us from the NIV. Uh, but as many of you know, whenever we read from the Gospels, we invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel if you're physically able. If not, that's fine. You can stay seated. But if you're able, would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning. This is John 15, verses one through eight, the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Father, we thank you for the truth and power of your word this morning. We simply ask that you would speak the truth of your word to our hearts today. Help us to understand what you're saying and help us to respond in obedience. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Please, please be seated. Jesus is using this analogy uh, for a very specific reason. In the Old Testament, we read the story of the people of Israel, and, and we see in Psalm 80, the writer mentions the people of Israel, and he refers to them as God's vine. He refers to them as God's vine. Listen to verses 8 and 9 from Psalm 80. 
You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. So when the people hear Jesus say, I am the true vine, this, this is where their minds go. This is what they're thinking about. Israel was the original vine. Israel was the original vine that God called out of Egypt. The people were in slavery. God calls them out. He's gonna take them into the promised land where they're gonna live in fellowship with him and follow him and obey him. And what we have and what we see in the Old Testament is a series of laws that the people of Israel were to obey in order to be God's presence in the world. When, when compared to how people think today, the, the, the laws that God had given to the people of Israel seem really outdated and really old-fashioned. But when they were first given to the people of Israel that, at that time, they were incredibly progressive, incredibly progressive. The, the laws that God had given to the pe- people of Israel had to do with just about every aspect of life. And I wanna cite a few examples for us this morning. God gave laws related to justice. The, the spirit of the law related to justice was to be about restitution rather than revenge. Restitution rather than revenge. And again, this was life-changing because in those days, it was all about revenge. If somebody uh, harmed you or wronged you in some way, you absolutely got revenge. You got them back. That's what you did. It was all about revenge. But God came with these laws of justice and said, don't go out and, and take revenge. Let's be about restitution. Let's be a just society. So there were laws about justice. There are laws about the treatment of women and slaves. Uh, again, in those days, women and slaves were, were treated like property, um, completely devalued, no value at all. Um, they were treated badly. They were beaten. Uh, they were simply property had no value and and so God gave these laws and said look I don't want women and slaves to be treated like property and to be treated with brutality I want them to be valued as people their lives are to be valued and this was revolutionary to the nation of Israel God gave laws about economics he said when you weigh things out in order to charge someone for goods or services make sure your scales are accurate (laughs) in other words Stop gouging people. Stop taking advantage of people, all right? I want people to be valued. Don't try to rip people off. God gives these laws and says, let's be just. We're gonna be a just society. There were laws about safety. If if any of you has ever worked on a flat roof, you know there's a law that says there has to be a parapet around the perimeter of any flat roof, a small knee-high border wall around the outside of any flat roof. Where, where does that law come from? It's in Deuteronomy chapter 22. God said to the Israelite people, I know you have flat roofs, and because I don't want people just walking off the edge and falling off, that's dangerous, build a little parapet around the perimeter of your flat roofs. And we still have that law in place today. So all of these laws come from the Old Testament because God says, I want my presence to be reflected in the world and I want it to be about justice and environmental protection and good economics and not gouging people. I want it to be about restitution and not revenge. 
all right, about justice and treating people fairly. I want people to be valued. God gives these laws and says, I want my presence reflected in the world. So that's why God gave these laws to the people of Israel. So how did that go? How did that work out? Let's read verses 12 and 13 in Psalm 80. This is what we read there. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it and the creatures of the field feed on it. So what we find in the Old Testament is that Israel didn't do its job. Israel didn't do its job. Israel wasn't the vine that God intended and God desired. They didn't do their job. Time and again, they fell back into the worship of idols and doing things their own way, in their own strength, in their own time, and they never fully became the representation of God in the world that he desired for them. They chose their own path. They did their own thing. So now Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I am the true vine. And for him to say those words, I am the true vine, for, for those hearing him say that, that was huge because again, they understood Israel was the original vine and now Jesus is saying, I am the true vine and this is a big deal. This is a really big deal because they associated that with what God was trying to do in and through the nation of Israel. And now Jesus says, it's all me. Jesus is basically saying that plan has failed and now the purposes of God to be my presence in the world, to be God's presence in the world, Jesus is saying that's now fully on my shoulders. It's now going to be Jesus himself who brings about the goodness, the justice, all the things that God wanted represented in the world. Jesus says now it's gonna come through me. There's, there's a different plan now. I am the true vine, Jesus says. You may be reminded, you may think about um, Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. What, what's interesting about this is that um, was, bread was daily sustenance, daily food, right? Very different with a vine. But bread, you eat that on a daily basis. Um, vineyards could only be cultivated if people were settled in an area for a number of years. I mean, with wheat, you could plant it, and, and within a, a couple of months, you could harvest the grain. Again, daily food, daily su sustenance. But with vines, very different. With vines or vineyards, you plant the vine, and it's not until years later that you can harvest, not until years later that you can pick and enjoy grapes from that vine. So vines pictured something far beyond daily existence. Vines pictured longevity, fruitfulness, prosperity, peacefulness. That's what a vine needed in order to be productive, longevity. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Jesus says, goodness in the world is not up to a bunch of people who are volunteering their free time to go out and do good things. That's not what's gonna change the world. The way the world is going to be transformed is through what I am doing, Jesus says. My death on the cross, my power over sin and death and evil and the resurrection is now fully on my shoulders, but, but, he says, I invite all of you to be branches. I invite all of you to be branches 
of me, the true vine, and what I want to do in the world. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my goal is to bring about restoration and fullness and recreation. The God of the Bible says, I am leading you towards fullness and fruitfulness. And you get to be a branch of that true vine. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, one thing it means is that we are truly released <laughs> from the burden of, of, of trying to change everything ourselves in our, in our own strength. Because Jesus says that he is the true vine, he is saying that it's through my power that there will be restoration. It's through my power, my death and resurrection, that the world will be made right. It's on my shoulders that the restoration of this world stands. And what all of that means, what all that means for you and for me is that we live in the grace of Jesus. We live in the grace of Jesus. And we don't need to go on exhausting ourselves and using huge amounts of effort and energy to try to change things. But instead, we trust in the one who is the true vine and gave his life for us and for a dark and broken world as well. So secondly, what this also means is that we are connected to that vine, right? And, and because of the fact that we are connected to that vine, we bring his life with us wherever we go. When we remain in the vine, we take his life with us wherever we go, with whomever we come into contact, we take his life with us. And because Jesus is the true vine, it doesn't matter how big or how small, how, how visible and upfront or how behind the scenes your role is or your services, it all matters. It's all a big deal because it all contributes greatly to what God is doing in this world. It's all significant. It all matters. If you are offering yourself uh, in some way of, of service, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class or, or greeting people at the front doors on Sunday morning or, or holding babies in the nursery or visiting elderly folks in shut-ins or, or mentoring down at Waddell Elementary, whatever it is you do, because of the fact that Jesus is the true vine, it means that you are a real and vital contributor to what God is doing on this earth and you take his life with you wherever you go and however you serve. That's good news. <laughs> That's good news. John Ortberg wrote a book, my, my favorite author by far. John Ortberg wrote a book called Who Is This Man? several years ago. And in that book, he talks about the legacy of Jesus in just about every uh, cultural area of our lives, um, economics, education, relationships, the treatment of women, et cetera, et cetera. And he mentions how to all of those things, Jesus brought this huge revolution Listen to what he says, listen to what he writes about prisons. John Ortberg writing, this is what he says. Historically, prisons were hell holes, is the phrase he uses. Prisons were hell holes, the absolute worst of the worst. 
But Jesus' followers remembered how Jesus had said, I was in prison and you came to visit me, and they would visit. A second century pagan Greek writer named Lucian wrote about how when a Christian was put into prison, other Christians would bring him food. Wartburg goes on to say, years ago I was in Ethiopia, which then was under a Marxist regime and the church was mostly underground. One or another of the leaders of the Christian group would often be arrested and put into prison. The prison was horribly overcrowded and unspeakably foul. Other prisoners used to long for a Christian to get put into prison because if a Christian was jailed, his Christian friends would bring him food and actually far more food than any one person could eat and there would be leftovers for everybody. And so it became the prisoner's prayer that God would send a Christian into prison. Now why is that true? It's because Jesus is the true vine. That's why that's true. So whether you're delivering a meal to someone in need, whether you're holding babies in the nursery, teaching a Sunday school class, greeting people at the front door, visiting elderly folks in shut-ins, mentoring students down at Wildell Elementary, whether you're the highest ranking official in all the land with all the power and authority given to you, whatever it is you do, each role is equally and vitally contributing to God's vision for this earth. Hold babies, minister in nursing homes, teach children, mentor students, visit prisoners, and it all matters, and it's all significant because Jesus is the true vine. Jesus says that you and I get to be a part of what he is doing. We get to be a branch of the true vine. Now, you're not responsible to get it all done. That's not, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> you're not responsible to get it all done. But what Jesus says is that bringing goodness into the world rests squarely on his shoulders, but we do have a responsibility. He says, if you remain in me, if you stay connected to me as your source of life, then you can be a part of the fruitfulness in the world by being a branch. So that's our job. We need to remain in him and stay connected to the vine. But you and I get to be a branch of the vine. Good news. Verse four, Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So, so Jesus is perfectly clear about this. Look, um, you can do all the good that you want. You can volunteer all over town, do all the good that you want, exhaust effort and energy, your own strength, your own time. Israel tried to do that and they failed miserably. Jesus says you can try to do all the good that you want on your own, in your own strength, but you will end up failing miserably, just like the people of Israel did. Instead, instead, you simply need to stay connected to the vine. Jesus is saying just stay connected to me. Stay true to me, remain in me, 
and I'll allow you to be a branch and my life will flow through you and you will take my life with you wherever you go, however you serve. My strength, my power through you. Be available, remain in me, stay connected to me, Jesus says. We need, we need to remain in the vine. We need to be drawing our very life from Jesus himself. Three things to remember as we wind down here this morning. Three things uh, each of us needs to remind ourselves of. Number one, maybe you just wanna say this quietly to yourself. Number one this morning, I am loved in Jesus. I am loved in Jesus. You, you don't offer your service to get a sense of self-affirmation. You, you don't volunteer to please somebody around you. You volunteer and you serve because you know and understand that you are loved in Jesus. Number two, maybe you say this quietly to yourself. I am secure in Jesus. I am secure in Jesus. You don't need to use your gifts or your skills to feel better about yourself or to demonstrate that you're a good person or, or to get the affirmation of others around you. You offer your gifts and your talents. You offer your gifts and talents because you are moved by the love of Christ to do so. You're moved by the love of Christ to do so because you are connected to the vine and because you are secure in Jesus. And finally this morning, number three, uh, maybe you just need to say quietly to yourself, I have purpose in Jesus. I have purpose in Jesus. Every one of us has a divine purpose. You were created for a reason and that reason is to remain in him, to stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the vine. And by doing so, by staying connected to him, you are fulfilling the purpose for which you were created. Can you imagine the impact in our world that followers of Jesus would have if everyone stayed connected to the true vine? Can you imagine the impact that we would have here in our community if every single one of us would remain in the vine on a daily basis, even an hourly basis. Understand this, you are loved in Jesus, you are secure in Jesus, and you have purpose in Jesus. And wherever you go, <laughs> and however you serve, be sure to remain in the vine, and you will bear much fruit. Let's pray. Father, we do belong to you. We thank you for your love and your grace in our lives. We thank you for the truth and power of your word and Lord, for your spoken word to our hearts here today. And Father, we simply ask you would help us to respond. Lord, we desire to be branches of the true vine. Lord, help us to remain connected to you, Lord Christ. Help us to stay connected to you, to remain in the vine. Give us strength and grace to do so. We ask in Christ's name, amen. Would you receive the benediction from 1 Corinthians 15? Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord 
because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Go in his grace and strength today. God bless you. You are dismissed.